Find Your Focus is a recharging space for the ambitious introverted woman. Grab a quick energy boost and reflect on how you want to show up as an introverted leader in your personal and professional life. Here's some inspiring stories of people around the world who've done things differently from society's extroverted expectations. Your host, Heather, a woman's leadership and life transitions coach, founder of a restored radiance coaching for the ambitious introvert, international communicator and marketer, world traveler, UK expat and fellow introvert. Heather aims to help ambitious introverted women find their unique leadership voice and create life transition roadmaps from career changes to moving countries or cities. Join Heather every Tuesday to find your focus, to fill your mindset with positivity and motivation to go after your dreams using your own unique energy blueprint. Your perceived weaknesses are your powerhouse. Before we get started, here's a quick note from Heather. Welcome, welcome, ambitious introvert soul. I'm so happy to have you here on the Find Your Focus podcast. These podcast episodes are crafted with love for you every single week, and I hope this content serves you and recharges you. Now, a couple of quick notes before we begin. I uh, record these uh, podcasts in my home here in Washington, D.C. I live about a mile away from the White House, so you're going to enjoy all the, the sounds of my neighborhood from time to time. And it'll just feel like you're joining me on the couch, and we are diving in deep on great combos with our tea and coffee in hand. So welcome to my home. Also, I'm all about the authentic conversations. And so I want people to feel that they can express themselves, their true selves here. So there will be explicit language from time to time. So keep that in mind um, when you are listening to these. Another note, I refer to women. Now, this is a safe and welcoming place. And I want anyone who feels, who identifies as a woman um, to feel welcome here. And of course, if you don't, identify as a woman, you are also welcome here, but it's primarily for those um, lovely souls who identify as women and ambitious introverts. So with that in mind, let's jump into our next episode. Lots of love. Here is your host. Hi, ladies. I'm so excited to have our guest for today. Scott McGlashan is a 39-year-old lifestyle influencer and blogger based in Edinburgh, Scotland. He founded Blue Blazer Guy in 2016, an online destination for premium lifestyle content focusing on his passions, which are travel, skincare, fragrance, well-being, and events, as well as collaborating with a vast array of respected global brands, businesses, CEOs, and other creative leaders, his blog serves as a vessel to share special moments in his life that have made him into the person he is today. His passion for travel features heavily in his blog, where his unique brand of sincerity and cheeky playfulness offers wanderlust readers down-to-earth luxury options for their next travel destination. Scott is also the European Travel and Culture Director for the international lifestyle publication Guild Magazine. And without further ado, here is my Scottish brother from another mother and fellow introvert, Scott. Welcome, Scott. It's great to have you on the Find Your Focus podcast. Yeah. Listeners, I, I'm so glad and very grateful that my bestie, my brother from another Scottish mother, is <laughs> is on the podcast with me. This lovely little soul has been with me for over 10 years, and he has been the little beam of light and energy and joy um, during the last 10 years when I was living in Scotland. And he was the person that made me really, truly feel at home in Scotland, three and a half thousand miles away from my family. And I am so happy to bring this little beam of light um, to you guys today. So oh, yeah, I'm so happy to be here as well, Heather. <laughs> um, lovely introduction. I've never been like, <laughs> I feel like that was so nice, but 
39-year-old, I think you could have missed that one. <laughs> <laughs> you mean 39 and fabulous, darling. <laughs> I know, I know. I should, be, I should be happy about that. means you can dream and hustle and love at any age. Exactly, but thanks so much for the lovely words, my darling, and um, I'm so thankful to be on your podcast. Woohoo! Yes! Oh my gosh. Okay, so we're going to dive straight in, because I think um, I kind of set you up. Our listeners are like, what? What? What's, what's going on here? <laughs> Who is this person? What's his lovely accent? <laughs> I'm just hoping they understand my accent. <laughs> <laughs> Babes, if you don't, um, consider this your crash course into the Scottish accent. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Maybe later on I could learn you a few Scottish words. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. We're going to come right back to that because, yes, this needs to happen. (laughs) So, Scott, your bio is so impressive. Um, You truly sound like a man who knows what he wants. Did you always know what you want? Or how did you find yourself on this path? Um, well, I started blogging about, well, I started Blue Blazer Guy about 2015, um, but before that, I um, was doing a fitness blog, believe it or not, <laughs> and um, it basically just came out of, I was in a full-time job that I, I wasn't really passionate about, so I wanted to find my passion somewhere else. Um, and I found this um, like blogging as a creative outlet. Yeah, it just came from there, and it's grew and grew and grew, and um, it's something that I really enjoy. Um, and yeah, I'm still trying to focus on where it's going to go. Um, but at the moment, I'm really enjoying it. So yeah. Excellent. What was the maybe the introduction to blogging? Was it something that you? Um, organically found or um was it through trial and error of trying different things it was the time where when i started it was the time where blogging was just starting to come out Um, and i was like "Hmm, this is quite interesting because um everyone's able to give their own opinions um, and so i read a few blogs at that time i think it was on blogspot i think then Uh i can't remember what platform but um, I read a few blogs and I thought, actually, this is such a good idea. So that's, at, at the time I was going with a personal trainer and um, so I thought, mm, maybe I can share my fitness journey. And so, yeah, again, I didn't know what, what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> so I just put out these blogs, um, but you started to just learn as you go. And um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. So what opportunities has blogging really provided you from, from being there from the start as a fitness blogger and, and learning, you know, being a beginner and learning along the way to where you are now as a international travel influencer? I think it's opened up a lot of opportunities. It's made me meet so many lovely people um, that, that I know the Edinburgh blogging community is absolutely fantastic. They're so friendly. Um, I've met a few friends out of it as well, so that's always a bonus. Um, but it's also increased my like sort of knowledge in like grammar and writing and everything, um, and also how to deal with different PR companies and also trying to find out my own style of writing as well. So it's been a, a long journey, but it's been really interesting because I've found out so much, so much about myself as well through the blog and through all the feedback that I get from my followers. And yeah, it's also been a challenge at the same time because, as you know, I, like I suffer with social anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, so blogging has also been a challenge, but one that I've I've liked. <laughs> <laughs> So you touched on so many good points there, and we'll, we'll come back to um, your finding your writing voice and dealing with PR companies, because I think that might be beneficial to some of our listeners. But you touched on a, 
you know, a, a key thing that I think a lot of people relate to. So you're this lovely, bubbly, warm travel influencer. And like you said, you, you, um, struggled with social anxiety, which almost seems like a, an oxymoron, right? Um, yeah, yeah. so can you talk about your experience with, um, social anxiety? Um, was it something you've always battled with, um, or did it come out through your, um, blogging? No, it's, it's something that I've battled with from maybe my teenage years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't sort of diagnosed with social anxiety until um, in my 30s. So mm-hmm. um, it was a long period of not knowing what it was, a very stressful period as well. And you may say, oh, why go into blogging? I mean, that's... <laughs> you're going to have to be social and, and you're going to have to go to all these different events. And But it's actually helped so much. At first, it was a struggle. And I would go into each event or each um, party or wherever I was invited to. And it, it was a struggle. But I came out of it at the other end and I was like, I actually managed to do that. And as it kept going on and going on, it got so much easier and I'm not saying that it's completely gone Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah it's just it's sort of confronting the demon so to speak (laughs) (laughs) you know like face to face and I think that really helps oh fantastic woohoo Scotty I'm super proud of you (laughs) (laughs) I know that story right there it it seems you know, really triumphant and everything. But when you were in the the meat, the grit of it, of yeah. being diagnosed with social anxiety, can you talk about that uncertain time of of not being, not knowing what you know th- these feelings were, and then when you were diagnosed, and maybe talk through some of the the thought process that you had, because I think um, some listeners will really relate to that. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Even when I was in a small group of people, I would be sitting there and I, the first thought that would come into your mind is, am I interesting enough? What are they going to ask me? They're going to think I'm pathetic. <laughs> They're going to judge what I'm wearing tonight. You know, mm-hmm. all these questions started to like seep into your mind and you just weren't present in the situation. So you came across as sort of standoffish or and then because of that you were like oh my god I'm appearing standoffish and then it would just circle from there and it's like a big vicious circle Mm -hmm. that you can't really get out of and I'm not one of them that's ever suffered from panic attacks or anything like that but my immediate thought is right I need to get out of this situation sometimes I would just leave or um which would appear, then I would be like, oh my God, that's so rude. (laughs) They're never going to invite me back. You know, and all these thoughts in your mind. um, So yeah, it's very difficult when you're in that sort of, what can I call it? (laughs) Vicious vortex, that's what I'm going to call it. Yes, I love it. Yeah, no, that's so true. I I think that a lot of people can can recognize um, their own negative self-talk, even if they aren't diagnosed or experiencing social anxiety. Um, Negative self-talk, even at a very base and normal level, can be so destructive. And we all have had those experiences where negative self-talk has really kept us really low and limited and restricted with our own goals and passions because we're then in this like self fulfilling prophecy that we're not good enough because we're not, you know, getting out of this, like you said, the vicious vortex. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag vicious vortex. <laughs> that bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you got into the vicious vortex, you're swirling around like little Dorothy yeah. in the tornado with her toto. And, um, so how did you get out of that, that bloody bastard? Well, it came in sort of waves. So I remember, I think it was in my 20s, I went to the doctors. And this was the first time I was going to admit that I was feeling like this. So it was like a huge step. Mm -hmm. So the doctor then referred me to a psychologist or a therapist, sorry. And 
I went for one session and I never went back. <laughs> <laughs> it was so terrifying. And also I didn't have a nice sort of aura or rapport or whatever you want to call it from the, the therapist. Um, so I just left it there. And then, obviously, I never dealt with the, the, the anxiety. So, again, it crept up. The next time, I think it was in my mid-20s, and I said, no, I need to go back to the doctors. So I went back to the doctors, and I explained it. And the first thing that they gave me was medication, um, which I was terrified to take. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I did try it, and it did help me. Um, and after a few years, I stopped the medication. But again, in my 30s, it started to come back um, with a vengeance. <laughs> and it was that time that I started thinking about um, going to a therapist again. Um, so I found a really good one in Edinburgh, um, a, a charity actually. <clears throat> and again, I missed the first one because... <laughs> I was too scared to go. <laughs> I remember you texting me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Saying you had escaped. <laughs> I know. and But I did go back and I went back for about 12 weeks and I found it so amazing. Like, the fact that you could just sit there and talk and not be judged. And it was just such... I mean, it was difficult because you were going through different emotions, but it was just such a, a fantastic process. But when I left, I didn't have, there was no tools given to me to sort of, to sort of carry that on. So a few years later, I went into a really dark place where um, I just, you know, I was having some horrible thoughts mm -hmm. and um, I didn't have, any confidence. I felt like the world was coming on top of me, really. Um, and I thought, no, I really need to, to get this sorted out. So I eventually went to cognitive behavioural therapy. Mm -hmm. And that's where I was diagnosed with social anxiety. <laughs> yeah, it was a long road to get to that diag diagnosis. But um, even just having the diagnosis was a help in itself because you just didn't know what it was. So. Mm. So it was almost like a fear of like, what do I have? Like what's causing, yeah. like, is this normal? It, it, it almost having a diagnosis is almost like a, was, did you feel um, a bit of a understanding or at least a self-awareness after that? Yeah, because then you could actually, okay, right now I, I know what it is. I can um, get as much knowledge about it as possible. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously the CBT gave me that. It gave me the tools to sort of deal with the, the the thought process that went in, in your mind while um, suffering from social anxiety. Um, so because of the diagnosis and because you knew exactly what it was, it was so much um, easier to deal with. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important as well to highlight that, like you were saying, it wasn't um, a quick um, journey and yeah. it what it went in peaks and troughs and yeah. it, it sounded like um, from what you were saying that social anxiety would have its flare-ups and then it would it yeah. kind of recede and and then you would feel safe and secure and then all of a sudden it would pop back up um, and yeah. so you were navigating understanding what your body and your mind were doing and trying yeah. to figure out how you could react and cope with it. Exactly. No, it's a long journey and it's not finished. I mean, um, what, what I used to suffer with is I used to go to like therapy and then I used to think, right, my, my anxiety is going to be cured. Mm -hmm. And then because it wasn't, I would spiral again and be like, why isn't it cured? Is it me? You know, um, and then when I went to CBT, I just stopped using the tools afterwards and then it came back and I was like, but why? I've been to CBT and why is it not been? But you've just got to realise it's a, it's a lifelong thing. It will flare up. But it's like every emotion, you know, you can't have um, joy without sadness. You can't have a, a excitement without boredom. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a journey. But now that I have more tools and more knowledge about it, when the flare-ups do occur, um, they're not as bad 
Oh, yeah. No, it's so right. It's it's about that consistency, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you and I both love our tick boxes. We love our checking off that list. We love organizing <laughs> yeah. and planning. And I think you and I have both um, throughout our own lives, you know, wanted to be like, hey, we ticked that off. We did all the hard work. Like, we just want to kick up our <laughs> feet and be the Librans and have the luxury fall into our laps now. Yeah. <laughs> and then get really pissed off and frustrated and angry when it's like, a year later and like we're back to square one or like exactly exactly and and, and it takes a while to like sort of learn that lesson yeah um, um but eventually we do get there exactly and i think i think that's important as well that sometimes when we do fall off the wagon or you know we don't we aren't consistent sometimes that's a lesson that we need to learn that yeah um that we need to learn how important consistency is through the, exactly. the pain of going back or, or, you know, stepping back. And so yeah. even though it's frustrating and exhausting in the moment, it it actually cements that realization of this is a lifestyle. This is just something I need to build into my life. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, what is it? They say that you have to do something for 30 days in order for it to become a habit. Yes. So, um, it's, a, it's a thing about consistency. You just need to keep going until it um, fits perfectly into your life. And um, at the end of the day, it helps you. So um, it's a useful thing to have. Mm-hmm. You know, for someone who is maybe at that beginning stage um, of um, finding a therapist or a counselor um, to support them with their social anxiety, what sort of encouragement would you share with them today? I know it's a scary thing. Um, I think, you know, just admitting to yourself that <clears throat> you've got anxiety or depression or um, any mental health issue is a huge, scary thing. Um, but trust me, once you approach that person, it becomes so much easier. Um, you're not going to find maybe the right person straight away. Um, you've got to find someone who fits, you know, your personality and um, I mean, there was a few occasions that I even had a doctor laugh at me one time when I went and explained that um, I was feeling depressed. What? Yeah, I was having horrible thoughts, and he laughed and told me that I was silly and that, you know, I should just go out and enjoy my life. Um, so you will come across people like that. <laughs> wow. Here. There is supportive people out there um, that do care about you. And um, just keep researching different therapists, different psychologists, or um, different, even different life coaches and things like that. And maybe reach out to them, um, maybe meet up with them or talk to them. And if you get a good vibe, then take it from there. Um, and then hopefully it will be a fantastic journey. Ah, that's that's beautiful, Scott. And don't be afraid to run away as long as you come back. (laughs) Yes, exactly. You will probably a few times. It's like that voice in your head telling you to run away. (laughs) Um, And if you do, don't feel ashamed. Just Mm -hmm. the next time, just come back. And one one of the days, you'll just step into that room and you'll be like, I did it. And then you can keep going. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm just so freaking proud of you, babe. <laughs> Thank you. So where you are now, you are um, as an international travel influencer and the European um, culture and travel director at Guild Magazine. You work a lot with businesses or global businesses, creative leaders, um, and all sorts, really. So from where you were with social anxiety to where you are now, what sort of coping tools do you use when you have to pitch to them or meet them in events or um, uh, put yourself forward, really? I think it's, it's all about taking care of yourself more. Um, I found that, you know, <laughs> you know me so well, I was just like, I would do things for a whole week and then I'd be absolutely exhausted. And then the next week I would be like, oh, I can't do this, you know. Um, <laughs> Ladies, he so doesn't like, lie. <laughs> yeah. 
you are constantly working with global businesses and creative leaders um, and constantly putting yourself out there, whether that be um, in person, at events, you know, on stage and so forth. So what sort of coping mechanisms really do you have to use now that you're, you're kind of up-leveling and at a, a playing at a different level now? So beforehand, I would like try and do as much as I could and, you know, um, like, you know me, Heather, I used to go to, like, I would go to about five events in the week, <laughs> and then I would be exhausted, <laughs> and then I wouldn't be able to do anything the next week, and then I'd be like, oh, I'm failing, I'm failing. <laughs> Ladies, this is um, so true, by the way. This has yeah. happened on the rug. <laughs> <laughs> so now, I, it's all about planning. Um, planning in advance learning as much as possible about the company or the brand that you're you're going to deal with it just makes it so much easier i used to go in and never have a plan and i was all over the place so now i just get as much information as possible um, i also look after myself better i um, go to the gym more regularly now um, i try to fit in like a sauna or a steam room mm-hmm. um, i try to go for nice walks and you know I love nature so um, that really helps me but just don't get I just try not to overload myself with work and because at the end of the day you know it just makes makes everything into a sort of mess and so yeah planning exercise looking after yourself and um, yeah, it just seems to all come together and help, really. Yeah, it's almost like um, before you can do anything else, it's always looking after your health and, and what you need. Yeah. I mean, that's the number one thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't look after yourself, um, <laughs> everything else in your life um, could go, what's the word? Kids up. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Another like, phrase oh that God, I learned in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think, like me and you, we found out that that over the years you do really need to look after yourself, and yeah, so that is the number one thing. It's shocking, isn't it? It's like, oh yeah, we're not robots. Damn it! Why why did we waste a decade or more thinking that you know we could push ourselves until we nearly break? Exactly. I know, and then feed ourselves with. Um, ice cream. Oh my god! <laughs> ice cream. So you're feeding yourself with this fuel that you think is going to make you better and get uh-huh. you more energy to do this stuff, and it actually just makes you feel worse. And yeah. Um. So yeah. So I've learned that definitely eating healthy and consuming. I know it's boring, but consuming less alcohol mm-hmm. um, really helps me um, focus and just deal with all my um, blogging and my events and stuff. No, it's so important. And and I think you really highlighted there, it's, you know, for you, right? It's that personal journey yeah, we all need to exactly. go on to figure out what our triggers are. And of course, you know, having that ice cream and enjoying it and saying this is so like serving me right now because it's comforting me. Um, yeah. But, you know, if it doesn't, consistent use of the ice cream, if it doesn't feel good to you, then maybe you should look into something else. Exactly, yeah. So you touched base um, really on your energy and managing your energy. And I think that really segues really beautifully into um, how you identify yourself. And ladies, he actually identifies as an introvert. Um, you know, he's this um, really bubbly, really engaging and approachable um, influencer. And, and yet he um, at heart is an introvert. So can you talk um, and share about your journey as an introvert. Have you always identified as one, um, or has this been something that you've truly embraced now that um, you're wiser and more seasoned? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think as a kid, I don't think I came across as an introvert. I was always, you know, like really cheeky, really, <laughs> really <laughs> out there. You know, I would go up and speak to anyone. So it wasn't really until my teenage years that I tended to start to feel more introverted. Um, but I think it's probably because of, um, you know, my sexuality and 
that added to probably being more introverted than I wanted to be. Um, I mean, now I would say I'm sort of in the middle scale. <laughs> you know, I think there's a scale for um, introverts and I'm in the middle, I would say. Uh-huh. So some days I could feel more introverted than the others. So, But yeah, I don't think I was like that when I was a kid, but I think as I grew older, um, different things made me and made me be like that. Yeah, I think um, there's a lot of misunderstanding when it comes to introversion as well. I think a lot of people assume introversion equals shyness, and really, that's yeah. those are two different things. So when it comes to intro versus uh, introverts versus extroverts, it's really um, how we manage our internal energy. And so if we kind of see um, extroverts as like solar panels, right? They are the ones in a sea of people who are like, give us your energy. We're, we're going <laughs> to yeah. soak it up. And, um, introverts are really self-sustainable. We are the generators. Um, we generate our own energy. So we really need that, that time, that space to really recharge, um, by ourselves. Yeah. So it sounds like for me that you might have been dealing with some shyness, um, as well at, as well. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. The, the, so there was a mixture of them both. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say I became more introvert, definitely because of the sexuality part of my life. And I don't want to gloss over that because I think that's a, a big part of who you are, though it doesn't define you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, would you be able to share with um, everyone about um, your experience of coming out um, as an introvert and as your lovely self? Um, (laughs) yes, so I come from like a small, not a small town, but you know, a town near Edinburgh, it's like 30 minutes away. And so growing up there, all I heard was like sort of negative connotations of gay people or Mm -hmm. um, homosexual people. And obviously I never really knew that I was gay until... You know, I grew up and started to have these feelings and thoughts, but because of obviously the things that I've heard, and I, I had never came across a, another gay person, I found I, I really, really struggled sort of coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a really long, like sort of internal battle, and I just, yeah, just really tried to hide myself as much as possible. Um, so yeah, actually, I saw this um, <coughs> quote the other day that I wanted to read. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, really, it really resonated with me. Mm-hmm. And it said, um, queer people don't grow up as ourselves. We grow up playing a version of ourselves that sacrifices authenticity to minimize humiliation and prejudice. The massive task of our adult lives is to unpick which parts of ourselves are truly us and which parts we've created to protect us. And that, honestly, I was like, that is so true because I sort of hid every part of me just so that I I wouldn't be humiliated, I wouldn't be picked Mm -hmm. on. Um, So, yeah, that was the kind of battle that I had to go through for quite a long time. Gosh. Oh, thanks so much for sharing that. And, you know, as someone who's, who's not gone through that experience, I can only yeah. imagine through the, the stories and, and the experiences that you've shared and, and others have shared with me, um, how that must feel like. But I, and I think a lot of people can relate to on some form of being able of having to wear a mask whether that be an extroverted mask because they're introverts and they need to adapt to an extroverted society or whether, like you were saying, um, as a a queer um, LGBTQ person, however somebody may identify um, as, uh, having to wear that mask so that they're also seen socially acceptable, but then getting lost as who am I underneath that mask because we get so good at playing that role that we then become that role and we don't know where our true authentic self is. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's, as I got into my thirties, that's when I had to start doing the unpicking, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to figure out who I am. And, um, obviously I think to a degree that's where some of my anxieties come from as well. Mm -hmm. 
because I hid myself away for so long, um, it's hard to open up again mm-hmm. and and be me. Um, so, yeah, I think definitely it's, it's added to my anxiety. It's also made me more introverted as well. Um, so it's just a journey of trying to go through that process. And it's a horrible journey. I mean, nobody likes going deep inside themselves mm-hmm. and... and, and dealing with all the baggage that we carry around mm-hmm. um, but you have to do it because it, it's you, you just you, it's a journey so you need to keep pushing forward and trying to reach the best version of yourself yeah I, I think that like that dark night of the soul where like you were saying that that first jump into yourself and being introspective yeah. and really trying to become more self-aware that is absolutely terrifying because you're dealing with things that you haven't uncovered well ever <laughs> so they're dusty yeah, boxes yeah. with like skeletons and you're like oh god you're gnarly get away no yeah. i'm just gonna eat some more ice cream exactly <laughs> sit in the bed with the wrappers of chocolate surrounding me building yeah. a little fort of wrappers <laughs> exactly <laughs> but um, so where, like, so we, yeah, you were there, and then um, how are you feeling now that you have started to unpick? It's been it's been a tough journey, but mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't change anything. And I know that's strange to <clears throat> to some people to say that, but I feel like if I never went through all that, I would never be the person I am today. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a way, I love now. Um, looking into myself and and trying to find you know that person that I lost so many years ago mm-hmm. I love finding that self uh, that person and every day you get closer to that that goal so I mean yeah I, I just find it an amazing process now um, obviously I still not have issues with my sexuality but you still have to deal with problems that you haven't dealt with before if you know what mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. um, so yeah there's there's still uh, hurdles that come your way but again it's just another part of being an adult <laughs> yeah <laughs> and how would you now that you're more in touch with um, Scott who he true you know who he truly is at his essence um, before yeah. society told you that you were less than can you share a little bit of what um, underneath all those masks that you've had who is this person who is this Scott now definitely a much more happier Scott (laughs) (laughs) Um, one that smiles more one that loves talking to people that's precisely why I love travel as well because it allows you to speak to people with different cultures and Mm -hmm. um, eat different food and, and learn you know learn about each country and it's just, yeah, I just, I, obviously I'm still going through the journey, so I, I don't want to say everything's rosy yeah. and, you know, um, but I'm just enjoying becoming more content. Oh. That's all I want is to be content. I know that life is full of ups and downs, but I just want to be able to feel that contentment in between. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. So... <laughs> For anyone, um, any listener who may be identifying with any part of your story, um, but particularly, you know, coming out. So maybe they're um, this beautiful introvert who is, you know, maybe wrestling with their own sexual identity and that really relate to what you were saying about the mask that they've been using to cover up their, their beautiful soul and essence. What's one thing you would recommend for them? to do right now just to talk talk with someone's someone that you trust um or as i say approach um like a therapist or um someone who you can talk to without judgment mm-hmm. um because a lot of you know shame sort of surrounds lgbt community and um not so much now but it did then so speak to someone that you can feel completely uh, unjudged by um, because I think we don't talk enough now we're mm-hmm. so on our phones and um, 
you know, <laughs> we're like not opening up to each other. And I wish that I had just spoke to someone um, as early as possible because I feel like it would have dealt with um, all those demons and all those vicious thoughts that I was talking about. So mm-hmm. I would say talking, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're you're speaking more yourself um, now that you've kind of come on this other next step of your journey, and you're you're doing more podcasts, more events. So can you um, talk us through kind of this next exciting stage of who you are as an influencer and a culture and travel director? Um, do you get nervous? Do you get scared? And and what do you do to to kind of talk yourself out of those? those vicious vortexes yeah i always get nervous and always get scared when i have to like talk on <clears throat> whether it's a postcard <laughs> or um whether i have to talk to people at events or things like that but there's also a sense of excitement in that as well so it sort of like drives you forward mm-hmm. um so i am hoping to do more um like a, there's a section in my blog where i chat to different people mm-hmm um, and interview different people and I would love to get to a point where I could do that face to face on video or um, and bring that out um, maybe my my own YouTube channel I've never even went down that um, avenue yet um, so yeah something more of the visual side so that people see more of my personality yes, um, yes. because I feel like Although I'm more comfortable in the blogging world, etc., you tend to hide behind the blog or you tend to hide behind your blog post. Mm-hmm. Um, I, now I really just want people to see me and um, I want it to be more organic. And um, yeah, just I want everybody to meet Blue Blazer Guy in person. <laughs> yes! Oh my God! Yes! And see, like a little, like, little snippet of what we're so lucky to see as your friends. Because yeah. you bring us so much joy, <laughs> ladies. He has um, a penchant for um, just being able to craft hilarious little songs and dances out of nothing. Um, Please don't make me do one on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what was it when we were first when we first met? Um, the Rihanna's umbrella came out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and what was it? Just that one little brawly brawly. <laughs> I, 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 I can't do it. I'm, my accent, ladies, as you can tell, you're probably snorting right now. My, I can't do accents at all. Um, Scott, yeah. help me out here. Yeah. So I, I love to like change songs into a, like a proper Scottish accent. And yeah, um, brawly is the word for umbrella in Scotland. So yeah, I sang brawly, brawly, brawly. Um, <laughs> And I think maybe Heather was like, oh, my God, (laughs) he's my soulmate. It's so true (laughs) because it was miserable. It was freaking cold. I think it was a February. And, guys, if you've never been to Edinburgh in February, it is freaking cold. The wind is fierce. It's wet. And um, it is really dark. So um, having a little bit of joy as we wait for the upcoming spring in that beautiful city was was great. (laughs) We needed to do anything we could to get us through it. Absolutely. <laughs> so I'm glad that people will get to see a bit more of your personality because it brings me a lot of joy. <laughs> oh, thank you, my darling. <laughs> so um, uh, I'm also curious as well. Um, you were talking about um, your own scheduling and planning. And I know that um, so right now you've kind of been able to manage and identify a bit more of a structure for yourself to really get the best out of your own energy. So I think a lot of people would be curious to know, um, perhaps, um, how do you manage busy press requests and blogging deadlines um, with your personal life and own needs? Well, obviously I have a full-time job. (laughs) Yes. Um, So the blogging happens anytime after that. Um, But this like, I would say a couple of years ago, I was all over the place and I was like, oh, I need to go to this event and I need to write this blog. Of, of, I need to write a blog by tomorrow. And But this year, I've actually been good and I've planned all my blogs for half of the year. Woohoo! I know what's going out when and I know when to write it. And, um, and it just makes you feel so much more comfortable and 
and then you could fit in sort of events in between that and um, any brands that you're working with you can also fit in between that so it's like just planning um i used to just do a, a week's planning but that's useless <laughs> <laughs> you have to plan well ahead so yeah that i would say that planning is my number one thing at the moment mm-hmm. and writing lists of things mm-hmm. which i know you love heather i do love it <laughs> checklist it's so and good it's a, yeah, ticking them off when it's done is so satisfying. So satisfying, and then I cross it out again, just like as a double nerd <laughs> moment. <laughs> so yeah, planning gives me that other time just to be more natural and be more relaxed and not be so stressed in between. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's all, like you were go back to that consistency and that planning. I remember like, um, a little while ago, maybe about five, seven years ago, I saw, um, because freedom is one of my core values and I want to be free and like have space to create and yeah. all this stuff. And I used to see planning as restrictive and yes, something too. that would like, you know, be claustrophobic. And I was just like, Oh, gross. Get out of this. And yeah. what I've realized now through trial and error and going back to that failure and relearning and steps back and then steps forward is that planning actually is freedom because it gives me the space and time and energy to then have know where I have my freedom and where I can allot it to. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, again, that's a whole learning process. Um, and until you get to that point, you, you then realize, Oh my, I have so much time now because I've planned everything and I can enjoy it. And, even down to plan, like now I plan like meals and stuff. Yes. Um, because I hate cooking and same, same. <laughs> I hate coming in <laughs> after work and I have to cook a meal. So now I plan it ahead and I have so much time to go to the gym and to relax, to meet friends. And so, yeah, it, it helps so much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh my God, absolutely. I'm curious as well. I think a lot of people would be intrigued. Um, this is maybe just a fun question for you. As a travel influencer and a well-traveled person yourself, what travel destination would you recommend for an ambitious introvert and why? <laughs> Do you know what? Mm-hmm. For me, my favorite would have to be Morocco. Really? Yes. That just quite surprising, I know. Yes. Even surprise, yeah, even surprised me. So, tell, first of all, tell the listeners why um, you and I are both surprised at this. Yeah, because, like, I hate busy, <laughs> sort of crazy places. I just <laughs> want to chill out. And then I thought, hey, let's go to Marrakesh. <laughs> and everyone was like, what? <laughs> um, but when I got there... There's sort of something beautiful about just being in that chaos, but being in the moment and taking it all in and somehow just going with it, going with the flow with that movement. You know, it was, a, it was a strange experience for me. It was a challenge for me as well. I wanted to challenge myself to be like, right, I want to go to a busy city with a completely different culture and I want to see how I cope with this. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, it was great to escape and go back to your little quiet Riyadh and, you know, um, relax there. But no, even my partner was completely surprised of how <laughs> I was reacting well enough while I was there. So, yeah, I would say if you want to challenge yourself a little bit, then it's a great set to do it. Excellent. No, that's a good point. And I think as well, like you were mentioning that even though you were, you know, you were challenging yourself in this completely different atmosphere that was very extroverted yeah. and very in your face from what you're used to, um, you went back to the Riyadh and had those moments of, um, you know, where you were able to recharge your energy. So then yeah. it was like that nice balance where you could support yourself as an introvert, but then have a beautiful, yeah. exciting, different experience. Exactly. Yeah. Because um, I, like, I obviously don't think I could have been in it for like three weeks, just constantly <laughs> um, busy, busy, busy. So it was good to escape. We escaped like to the Sahara Desert for the mm-hmm. night. And that was a fantastic, one of my best experiences that I've had in my life, actually. Wow. Um, just, just to 
feel that silence um, because we're always surrounded by so much noise and mm-hmm. um, so to feel that silence in, in this vast like, sort of landscape is just one of the most amazing experiences. Um, but yeah, I would say Marrakesh. Fantastic. Well, I will link to um, your blog post um, about your Moroccan experience in the show notes. So ladies, check that out um, if you're interested, um, because it comes with beautiful photos and recommendations from Scott's own um, lived experiences. Are there any other travel tips that you'd recommend for introverts? Again, it's all about planning. (laughs) (laughs) Um, People think, oh, planned holiday is going to take the enjoyment out of it. But actually, if you're known... If you know where you're going, how to get there, um, you know where the best places are to eat, where the uh, places that you want to go and relax are, um, it just takes all of the stress out of your mind. So when you get there, you know everything, you know where you're going. Um, of course, you can have that in-between moment of, um, like I always have like a few days where I don't plan anything at all because mm-hmm. you never know where they can take you. Um, whether that whether you just want to go to the beach and just chill out or next to the pool, um, but sometimes um, the the unplanned days are the best. That's so true. <laughs> but yeah, I would say a mixture of unplanned days and planning, so that um, there's you take out all the stress of. Sometimes traveling can be stressful. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the airport, getting to the destination, it's and you arrive there and it's it's bombarding your senses. Um, so I would say again, planning helps. And I think as well as an extra tip, um, that you and your partner do. So when it comes to planning and ladies, if you're feeling really overwhelmed and you don't like to plan or you're, you're just thinking, oh, that's a lot to do for myself. Um, split it up. You and your partner, um, split up the planning, don't you? Yeah. 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 So, um, my partner will perhaps do all the sort of restaurants and um, places that we're going to go to eat and um, and maybe tours and things like that. And then I'll deal with the accommodation and the transport. And um, so it really sort of helps so that you're not obviously overloaded with planning because then that takes the whole enjoyment about booking a trip, doesn't it? Yes. Um, so, yeah, if you split up with the people that you're going with... Um, it makes it just so much more chilled and relaxed. Oh, so true. Well, lovely. It has been an absolute joy to have you on the podcast and to share um, my one of my little sources of energy and lights in this world with um, all of the lovely women who are listening today. And I want to make sure that they know where to find you, to follow you on your hilarious Instagram stories and maybe next steps wherever you're showcasing your fabulous personality. So you can you um, tell the ladies where to find you. Yeah, no problem. You can head to my blog at blueblazerguy.com and blue is spelled B-L-U, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little something different. (laughs) (laughs) And um, on my Instagram, it's at blueblazerguy, so quite easy. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, and I can't wait to hear what happens next. Oh, thank you, my darling. Thanks for listening to this episode. Hopefully, I gave you the boost you needed to start your week. If it did... It would be appreciated if you spent two minutes right now to give this podcast a review on iTunes and then share the episode with an introverted friend who needs to hear this message. Your review will make sure other ambitious introverts who are struggling to find their voice and focus find this show and can receive the love and support we hope you felt today. Thank you. And remember, your perceived introverted weaknesses are your powerhouse.